Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Should Sami Zayn be main eventing WrestleMania? He is main eventing Elimination Chamber, but we are here to discuss after another excellent SmackDown. Excellent might be a strong word, but I really like SmackDown. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I am your host, Tempest, alongside the lovely and wonderful Sat E. Nyangi. We are the House of the Black Mask. House of the Black Mask. Ah! He's got a nicer voice than I do. I can't do that. Hey, Sat, what day is it? It's sat e day. It's sat e time. I love it. He knows. He, he's prompt, your prompting is great. I'm he, pitching he, it he, to you now. I'm catching it. I'm catching it. If that's how you catch things. <laughs> so we're going to get right into things because this, I thought, was a very good SmackDown. And it featured a wonderful main event angle, the follow-up to the closing angle of the Royal Rumble. We've waited all week to see what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take you through the bloodline bits on this show because there were a few of them running throughout the show. First, they arrive at the building. Roman, Jimmy, Solo, Paul arrive at the building. No Sammy, obviously. No Jay. Ooh. And as they arrive, Caleb Braxton comes up, tries to ask Roman about the status of Jay Uso. He walks by. Gives him a cold shoulder. Paul immediately says, Kayla, what a what a disrespectful, insensitive question this is. I forgot how much I loved Paul Heyman's disdain for Kayla Braxton. It's it unfounded. Like In, I know it was like a talking smack thing. I just felt like it's unfounded. I just felt like Paul, it's just Paul being a blowhard. No, 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 no. Kayla was terrible on TV last year. Like when she would go up to the, the Street Profits and be like, so there are rumors that you guys are going to break up. Oh, and yes, they had yes, never yes, done yes, any sort yes, of breakup yes, teases before yes, that. I, and they I were, remember. She's a, she, she was a crap star. She was, yeah, she was a terrible journalist. But regardless, <laughs> I, lo- I love that was my favorite thing. That should be her gimmick. Heyman. That should yeah. be her gimmick, though. I love it. Just, <laughs> just Paul Heyman being like, you're terrible at your job. He goes, you're, you're warm-blooded. That's such a sensitive question from a warm-blooded person. Blah, blah, blah. It was excellent. But Paul Heyman says that they cannot confirm or deny Jay Uso's spot 
in the bloodline at the moment and wanders off. He thanks her for wearing the bloodline colors and walks off. Later in the show, we have Roman sat backstage with Jimmy, with Solo, with Paul, and he's asking Jimmy if he's heard from Jay, and he hasn't. Jay's not answering his phone. He hasn't heard from him, and he's getting worked up just sitting here like, like, man, Jay's going to, of all the times to, to, to do this, he's going to do this. Wise man, isn't it WrestleMania season? Yes, my tribal chief, it's WrestleMania season. He tells Jimmy and Solo to go find Jay. I, by, by find Jay, I mean, the, the, you try and call him, I guess. I don't know. The, that is a good question. It was, it was a weirdly framed thing, go. as if Jay's just like hiding in the building somewhere. Right, because even that, I think that's why it leads to the later response from the crowd, because they're thinking... Is Jay here? Right. Is he just hiding in the bus? Oh, is he in the back of the bus that no one checked? <laughs> you know, otherwise he just see me sleeping the whole time. It just, yeah, that was that was bizarre. But they go off, and then a few segments later, they come back in. Roman's still sitting there, and they say, still can't get a hold of him. He's not answering his phone. And Roman tells Jimmy, tells Solo, you know what? Some nice food on the bus. Take the rest of the night off. I'm going to go to the ring, handle business. They walk off, and then that leads right into the main event segment. Now, this main event segment was delicious. This was some good S-word. Because Roman Reigns comes out with Paul Heyman. And yeah, he tells everyone to acknowledge me. Does the shtick. And says that he he wanted to talk about Cody Rhodes. But everybody's chanting, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. And he was, uh, what I liked about this is he set it up. He said he was going to ask, what do you guys want to talk about? Which is the Cody Cody Rhodes Rhodes line, of course. Tying things in, I really like that. But he starts talking about Sammy. And he says he's got to, if he's going to talk about Sammy, he's got to go all the way back to war games and say that when he looked in Sammy's eyes, he saw what he needed to see. And what did he see? He saw greed. I was going to say, he saw lust in his eyes. He saw lust. (laughs) Lust for the Universal Championship. But he saw greed in his eyes. He said that he always wanted something from Roman. Roman gave him the world, gave him the keys to the kingdom, but still, he just wanted to take. And he said that this is the same thing that everybody does. Everybody always wants something for him or from him. And you're really getting the sense that, you know, this was great character building for Roman Reigns. Because mm-hmm. even still, just more reinforcement that Roman Reigns is manipulative, is paranoid. Delusional. He's delusional. He thinks everybody's like out to get him. He thinks that everybody wants something from him and everything like that. And as he's going through this, he gets attacked from behind by a, by a hooded figure who, of course, is Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn comes out, lays the, the beat down on Roman Reigns, kind of gets beat down a little bit. Roman Reigns grabs a chair from Paul Heyman, and then Sammy hits a really nice spear. Super nice. Roman Reigns rolls out of the ring. Sammy grabs the mic and says, Roman, I didn't want anything from you. I never wanted anything from you, but now I do. I'm coming for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. That title was a mouthful to say. It's a lot. It's hard to coming for the undisputed Universal World. Is there well? There's a world in there. Heavyweight. There's a heavyweight in there. Championship. It's like it's it's so long to get to. It's a lot. But regardless, Sami Zayn's fired up and he wants the championship. And this is when he gets jumped by Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa, who beat him down. Solo puts the uh, the chair around his neck. Puts him in the corner and is going to do the hip attack. And Roman stops him. He's like, no, 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 no. He doesn't say this into the mic, but no. just gets down in Sammy's face and says, you broke my family. 
I gave you everything, gave you the, the keys to the kingdom, and you broke my family. You took this from me, so I'm going to give you what you want. I will see you at Elimination Chamber. I will see you in Montreal because I want to break you in front of your family, in front no. of your wife, in front of your child. Whew! This was some fire. This was an excellent, excellent segment. And it begs the question, once again, because I feel like this is just going to be a talking point that we're going to keep talking about until we get to WrestleMania, or at least until plans are like firmly written in stone. Yeah. But should this not be the angle going into WrestleMania? I, 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 so for those of you that follow me on Twitter and I'm on, so the answer is no. The reason why I say no is everyone's caught up with the moment. It's all about seeing the, the long-term story, the long-term planning. Everyone's caught up in the moment because everyone's saying the story is between Roman and Sami Zayn, where I feel like Roman was a plot device for the story between Sami and the Usos because I would argue who was the first person Sami Zayn interacted with in the bloodline before even saw Roman. It was the Usos. I think once Jay Uso betrayed Sami Zayn, transferred that heat from Roman onto Jay, fans will understand and be with it because in my head... Uh, Roman Reigns, if he didn't have Cody Rhodes, if Cody Rhodes never came over from AEW and they, it's such a dark time in WWE where there's no one built, then yes. Because they have Roman, uh, Cody Rhodes, they sign him all, all that money, let him keep his theme song, keep his character. He's a heavy investment. You have to see it through. So there's many reasons why I'm saying no. For the longest time, we let 20 years of Vince McMahon uh, manipulating us into thinking the tag team titles are less than and mean nothing. In AEW, you've seen, in, in, especially in New Japan and other companies, that tag team titles are held in high esteem and can lead the way. So you can argue that for the first time, WrestleMania, uh, usually the tag titles are on, on the pre-show or, or an afterthought. There's a chance to build and elevate the tag titles, especially during the time when the Usos are going on a great tag team run. It's not like people people are acting like the Usos have been been hot potatoing the, the the title for a while when they're on a historic run. They're the longest reigning tag team champions, and then Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, an established tag team. You know, Kevin Steen, El Generico, established tag team, won uh, tag team titles all over the the places they've been in together as a team. We see them see them as rivals. We've heard interviews where Kevin Owens said that he would like to be tag team champs with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn feels the same way, so why not have that moment at WrestleMania? It'll feel so much more once Jay turns heel. Everyone will feel differently they'll want to see Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso because Jimmy Uso really attacked Sami Zayn and get it come up at Wrestlemania so I would argue that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens winning the tag titles at Wrestlemania is the way because everyone's saying it the tag titles at the moment the Usos have beaten everyone but the one team they haven't beaten yet is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and when that happens when that reunion between Kevin and Sami happens trust me it's going to feel like an adrenaline rush through your arm so please guys don't get caught up in the moment. It's great. And if I'd rather Elimination Chamber, that hometown crowd, if Sami Zayn gets his old theme song back at Montreal, that Ooh. ovation, Sami has to resist throwing his shoulders up in the air because you know, I watched <laughs> the it. The last time he was in Montreal. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen old videos when Sami was into like throwing his arms a lot and then like, I could see why he had injured shoulders. Dude, that's, that's a lot of arm throwing. Trust me, guys, when you see Montreal crowd for the Elimination Chamber, it'll be worth them not doing that WrestleMania because everyone's caught up in the moment and it seems like it is the bigger, hotter story at the moment. 
But uh, I'm saying a moment a lot. Moment, take a drink. <laughs> but <laughs> Cody and Roman will be worth it. Cody Rhodes is an expert, kind of like the same as Roman Reigns. A great at ad libbing. They'll make you care about this match that's going to happen in WrestleMania. Everyone's caught up in the moment. I'm not caught up in the moment. I can see the bigger picture because if you go with Sammy and Roman at WrestleMania, what the heck is Kevin Owens going to do? So let's not get caught up in the moment. Think about the whole picture. Everyone's involved. It's a bloodline thing against Sammy and Kevin. It's not just Roman and Sammy. It's just part of the story. You, I know you want it to be that, but trust me, don't get caught up in the moment. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think you're wrong necessarily. And I wanted to lead it with this to basically give the opposite side of things that we went over on the Raw podcast when Luke and I talked about Cody Rhodes. Is he the correct choice to be in the main event of WrestleMania? And after his his great showing on Raw with an excellent promo and a really fun main event against Finn Balor, we said yeah, he's probably the right guy because, like, look at how good he is and look at how great this presentation. He's so mm. over. He's such a star on Raw. He's the star that WWE has needed on Raw for so, so, so long. So I don't really disagree. I think this is just going to be one of those things where there isn't necessarily a wrong option here. Yeah. I think that the fans will be absolutely satisfied either way. Mm. But I do think you bring up a very good point in that, I saw somebody tweet, I forget who it was exactly, but they said if you switch plans to Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, you will instead mess up the WrestleMania plans for Kevin Owens, Cody Rhodes, and the Usos mm. and try and figure out how to craft WrestleMania stories for the rest of them kind of on the fly. Yeah. That's a lot more complicated than doing it the way that things are currently sort of slated to go. Yeah. And especially when you consider that the more and more that I look at it, with Jay not being on the show this week, and I don't know what the Jay Uso story is going to turn out to be, because I think that is probably what we're going to lead with for a lot of the SmackDown podcasts from here to yes. WrestleMania. Yes, it seems like it, yeah. That's the ongoing, evolving chapter of this now. It's what happens with Jay. What's the thing that we're now waiting week to week to see what Jay Uso does? I imagine we'll probably get something like that at Elimination Chamber. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But... I think having them go after the tag titles at WrestleMania is going to be a very satisfying conclusion to this chapter of this story. I think that Sami Zayn should be a world champion after this run because he, on this show, was ooh, ooh, a ooh. star. He was. He was the top babyface star of SmackDown in a way that we really haven't seen as of late. Like, because he's been a heel he's been the popular heel he's the one that everybody is like they're in love with and everything but he's on the heel side of things mm. whereas the babyface side of smackdown has mostly been like kevin owens who's a raw guy who's been appearing on smackdown drew mcintyre before that but he hasn't really been involved in this angle since clash at the castle and shortly thereafter mm. Sami Zayn has filled such a role now the, the void that has been left by those guys on SmackDown. And I can't look at how over he was on this show yeah. and not think that he should be beating Roman Reigns at some point. And it's tough. Some, yeah. If Montreal was the pay-per-view after WrestleMania, I would say do it then and have him win the title. But it's not. And we're having this. And I fully expect expect the, the blah, 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 blah. I fully expect the match at Elimination Chamber to be excellent. Mm. The crowd response to be fantastic. Emotional. If he comes yeah. back with that music and you get the whole crowd doing the whoa. let's go, whoa. I, I, I whoa. will cry. 
I'll cry watching it if they bring it back. That that song, that song is such emotional attachment to that song, especially in NXT days yeah. when he won the world title. It, that song is such a jubilant, triumphant, celebratory song. Yeah. That when he comes back to it, it's kind of like welcome. Is there is a homecoming? I'm yeah. getting chills thinking about him coming out, the ovation, the deafening pop he's gonna get, the emotion in his eyes, egging the fans on. Roman Reigns not looking impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want that. That's what I'm saying. Like it's gonna happen at Elimination Chamber. And my argument is if they can keep Sammy hot for the rest of the year, there's no reason why he shouldn't win uh, Royal Rumble next year. For me, it's a test to see if he if he's over for the moment of if this is a a a a um a, the next step, the next leap to him becoming the big star we always wanted him to be. Hmm. So if we can go a whole year of supporting Sami Zayn, him and Kevin Owens being a popular tag team, you know that their, their segment's going to be funny as, as a tag team, the Kevin Owens and Sami show coming back, all this great stuff for the rest of the year. If we can keep the momentum going, there's no reason why Sami Zayn can't win a Royal Rumble, go WrestleMania. Hopefully they resist Kevin Owens turning on him and it's a sort of Kevin supporting his dreams of being a world champion and him beating or facing whoever Gunter who may be champion next you know there's so many things that can happen Let's, uh, I don't want to fantasy book too early as we're, we're doing a review but I'm, I'm saying guys I know everyone's going to disagree some most would disagree but let's not get caught up in the moment. Because <laughs> I feel like, because like once Jay turns on Sammy, then you're going to be like, oh, Jay, I believed in you. Because there's so much going on with Jay as well. Because Jay see what Sammy did. That's something that he always wanted to do, but didn't do. So that's making him like conflicted. Like I wanted to do that against Roman, but Roman's also my family. And then you didn't have to sacrifice too much for your family. So there's also going to be a little bit of jealousy because you make me look like a fool in front of my family and my friends. So I can't wait for that conflicted notion of Jay Uso to come out and 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 spread the storyline even further but yeah i i understand how people feel but yeah. i'm not there my my last thought on this is that the storyline has been so exceptional mm. with sammy and the bloodline that i have no doubt that they will be able to very successfully shift the heat from roman reigns onto jay uso and continue to tell an excellent story with Sammy and the Usos going into WrestleMania. And as long as the story remains good, people are going to latch on to it. Like, it's not like just because he's not going after Roman Reigns after Elimination Chamber, they're going to lose interest. People are still into this story. They still love Sammy Zayn. So if, say, if Sammy Zayn comes on the screen, they're going to be watching and into whatever he's doing. And they're going to keep up this level of quality with the Usos. I don't see it as anything less than a positive. Think of it as six-man tag. Roman Reigns and the Usos versus Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Ooh. If Come that, on, guys. If that could be, like, the main event of Raw or SmackDown on the go-home week of WrestleMania, oh, that is tasty. Mm -hmm. That is a hell of a main event right? match. Right, right. And I can see uh, Bloodline winning because they need that kind of edge before going to WrestleMania. But yeah, guys, think of the bigger picture. Think of everyone involved. Because everyone, everyone's got tunnel vision on Sammy. But I'm like, think about the bigger picture. Then, because fans are going to be like this. I want Sammy. Then if Cody doesn't get in a, well, Cody's a flop. Uh, Cody's not where he should be. You know, come on, guys. You got to think straight. Don't get caught up in the hype. I'm loving that hype. I felt chills when Sammy did that great spear. He didn't do a running hug like a certain other Canadian wrestler, but he did a great spear. And I, I was into it. I was into Sammy's like, ah, you know, he was like roaring like a bloody animal. But at the same time, I was like, dude, that tag team title was going to be whoo, hot for WrestleMania. Either way, I cannot wait for Elimination Chamber.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But for now, we are going to get into the rest of our SmackDown review because we opened the show after the arrival of the Bloodline with the finals. I forgot this was the finals when it happened. I was like, I it felt like it we got, like, yeah, felt like we had another few matches to go. Mm. But no, this was the final of this wacky little SmackDown tag title tournament where Ricochet and Braun Strowman took on Imperium. I personally have not like been super crazy about like the presentation of Braun Strowman and Ricochet like I still don't really know why they're a team they're just like kind of you mean you mean kayfabe or real life no Both. like no like more kayfabe like mm. real life is whatever I, I'm separating that from this but I don't really know why they're a team they're just like a couple of baby faces and Braun kind of had Ricochet's back a couple times I, I, it was I, it was interesting I guess for the time but like I see them come out together, and I'm not sure why they're a team. They don't look exactly like a team. There I, needs to be something added to this if they're going to be a team after this. But I, I, for now, it might just be a team that lasts like a month for the tag title shot, and then that's it. This is the vision I get when I see them team up. Uh, growing up in the, the 90s and 
I'm gonna use Kane as an example. Kane is notorious for teaming up with little guys. Kane and X Park was a popular tag team. Kane and Rob Van Dam was a yep. popular tag team. You can argue that Kane and X Park <laughs> didn't make sense. You got one degenerate and one guy that's lived in the basement, <laughs> and then you got uh, Rob Van Dam, a cool guy, and one guy learning to trying to be human, even though he's a monster. So you can argue that uh, they they're going for the same dynamic. We got the big guy and you got a little high flyer. So I see that dynamic as a tag team. That's the vision I see when I yeah. see them. It's kind of like a rite of passage of being a baby face giant. You're gonna get a smaller baby face as your friend. Yeah. So that's what they're doing with Braun. So it, it makes sense in this in the way that if you're a baby face giant, they people really don't want to watch you sell. So you put them in a tag team with a little guy who will sell, and then you get the hot tag. That mm. makes sense. But just watching the show, I'm just like, I don't really know why Braun Strowman and Ricochet are a tag team. I need I, a I little bit case, more. Yeah, it's, it will. Michael Cole, believe it or not, Michael Cole's been trying to sell why they're a tag team. It's mm -hmm. like they built respect during the tournament. Yeah, they, they got on the wrong foot, but they now uh, got respect for each other because uh, Ricochet did beat Braun Strowman and Braun respects him for that. So I'm, I'm with you. They got two different lifestyles. The only thing they have in common is two bolded head men. <laughs> they could be part of the boldies, the ECW group, the boldies. They can call them that if they want to. Um, but for me, it's like these are two guys right now who they're not pushing for the internal title. They got nothing to do. Yeah, that's like booking one on one. <laughs> Let's do a makeshift tag team together. At least they're not giving them horrible name like Bron Broncoche <laughs> or Rico Rico Man. <laughs> You know, the Rico man. <laughs> Rico man, you know what I'm saying? Because AEW like to do, you know, you know, award show and stuff like that. So he's like, Thunderstorm. yeah, you know, it'd be Strokeshay. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I don't like Strokeshay at all. <laughs> so yeah, at least they're not doing, they're not forcing tag names on them at the moment. But for me, I understand what they're doing. It's like, they got nothing to do for them. They got a, another banner uh, win. Uh, Ricochet is now a two-time tournament winner now. Mm -hmm. The only guy on SmackDown to win the Intercontinental Title Tournament and now the Tag Team Tournament. But is he going to get a gold out of this? I don't know. Actually, joking, <laughs> we do know he's not going to win. I, I, yeah, I would be shocked if they did. I don't think you can have them lose uh, either of the tag titles, specifically the SmackDown tag titles, because that's like the record-setting title reign they've got. But yes. that does, of course, mean that Ricochet and Braun Strowman beat Imperium on this show. And this match I thought was fun. It was a good little match. Mm. They uh, they had Walter at ringside. Walter was doing his thing. He stood toe to toe with uh, with Strowman at one point, and I was like, "No, wait." The thing is, what they had a chance of if Imperium won, it would have been great because Strowman couldn't keep his head in the game. He's still obsessed with Gunter, trying to get Gunter's title, but Gunter's like, "No, mate, I'm already beating you. You're in the back of the queue." Yeah, please go to the back back of the queue and wait there, please. Please. Yeah. It was a fine little match, though. Like, Ricochet got a good hot tag. He had some fun. Walter shoved him to the ground, got ejected, probably should have been DQ'd, you know, because it was like, well, he did do an offensive move on him, but I get they. It's, it's me trying to make excuses for, for stuff like this, you know, because, like, I don't mind if they tell you that a referee is like, I'm going to let that go. Because this is a big match. I don't want there to be a DQ in this tournament final, mm. which is very often how they present it in, like, New Japan, for example. You know, they go way too far with it in New Japan. But, like, they, they'll do that in New Japan. They'll say that in AEW very often where it's just like, oh, this is a big match. The referee doesn't want to take that away from the fans yeah. and everything. So if it's, like, if it's a minor offense, they'll kind of give a little it, yeah. leeway, but also admonish the heels and everything. Where it's like, yeah, you, you eject Walter from it and everything. But I feel like they need to say that. Regardless, it was a nitpick. I thought this match was really fun. 
Imperium have kind of like, they were always a good team, but like they were never my favorite team in NXT or anything like that. Mm. They always just kind of felt like the other heel team at the time because there was mm. always like another one that was kind of above them, whether that was, you know, Undisputed Era, FTR, yeah. uh, eventually the Grizzled Junk veterans who never got to run with the NXT tag titles, oh, which was bad, but that's another yeah. point. <laughs> but stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like they were never up there, but now like if I see Imperium is going to be in a tag match on SmackDown, I usually think it's going to be pretty good. Yeah, and this I, was another example of it. I thought there was a really fun match. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Imperium have uh, the years of teaming up together. Uh, Kaiser and Vinci have developed a great tag team uh, formula mm-hmm. for their matches. So guys like Ricochet is a great worker, can work with him really well. And a guy like Braun Strowman in the bits and pieces he does as a giant, he does well with them as well. So yeah, I do look forward to Imperium tag team match because you're often going to get very great offenses in, in, in that match. But yeah, the Imperium didn't win because, like you said, they're the other heel tag team at the moment on SmackDown, so you can't really push him at the yeah. moment. That is honestly, like, if... If we're looking ahead and we're going to assume that Sammy and Kevin win the tag titles at WrestleMania, mm. that makes me so much more excited to just see so many combinations of new matches from that point on. Because mm. you can have them face Imperium. You can have them face the Vikings. You can have them face the new hit, like heel hit row. Like There's a good mix of heel teams that just can't really go up against the, the the Usos at the moment yeah. because it doesn't work yeah. for the dynamic. New tag champs Le, coming soon. You get Le, a Legado and you know and they're yeah. gonna run back New Day with their respect feud against. You of know, course, yeah. There, there's just so many matches that will be rejuvenating this tag division. Exactly. There's Another a, pro for why KO and Sami should win the title. You tell him. Tell him. Yeah, I'm proving your point for you. Thank you. It's a lot to look forward to after WrestleMania, and that's a big part of it. But for now, Imperium did a very good job in this final match of this very strange book, strangely booked tag tournament. Yeah. Ricochet and Braun Strowman are getting their tag team title match next week. That also played into the backstage segments with the Bloodline, where Roman Reigns said, hey, y'all got a tag team match next week. You got a title match. Is he going to be there for that? Does he care? Does he only care about you? I does still, does I he still care think, about the whole Bloodline or I, just his I, brother? What's I going think, on? By the way, I think Jimmy's lying. I think he has heard from Jay, but Jay said stuff that Roman wouldn't want to hear, kind mm. of. Kind of, like, I need time to think. I don't know how I feel about this, blah, blah. <laughs> I forgot to mention it. Yeah. Because there was a moment in that, uh, bla- uh, the, the first backstage Bloodline segment mm. where... Like Jimmy says, no, I haven't heard from him and everything. And Roman Reigns just kind of like leans forward and says, I'm going to ask you again. Mm. Have you heard from him? To like, maybe there's a chance that Jimmy's lying there. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to give you the chance to tell you the truth. You know, something like that. It's like if Jay had had talked to him, mm. it's like, now is your chance to tell me. And and, and if you don't know if you noticed this, Solo, who's been extra mute lately yep. he asked so have you heard from from jay and then jimmy oh no listen what, if he won't speak to me what makes you think he'll speak to little brother over there so it, i i feel like uh, jay uso has indeed spoken to jimmy and solo but he said things that roman wouldn't want to hear mm-hmm. so they, they're trying to protect their brother because they're trying to heal the rift because if they got the full scope of where jay's mind is yeah it to drive Roman over the edge and Can't implode. To see this story. Very mm. fun stuff. So after that match, we had Charlotte backstage who was asked about Rhea Ripley and just started talking about Sonya Deville instead. Sonya oh, walked yeah, in, yeah. interrupted her, said she was going to win. She said that, you know, they needed stars and everything. And that was it. And that led into um, a very strange segment. Some some product placement of sorts where Rey Mysterio and the New Day were hanging out with some uh, NASCAR people. 
Yay. I didn't write down any of their names. I apologize to NASCAR fans everywhere. Sparky plug Bob Holly. Sparky plug. <laughs> uh, Sparky plug Thurman. Yeah, Sparky plug Thurman and Bob Holly were in the segment. Yes, both of them. They both of them. <laughs> yes, the split personality. Yeah. So they they were there. They were just like talking about cars and stuff. And then Dom shows up. Dominic Mysterio shows up with another NASCAR guy. Well, I guess it's a heel NASCAR driver, but yeah. I don't know. And they're all like, hey, you put some respect on his name. He's a two-time Daytona winner. And I was just like, what am I watching right now? Is this- old- no, I love it. Dumb goes the old man in pajamas, and he proceeds to wear the same pajamas himself. <laughs> yeah, he puts on the, the outfit because they were like, we're going to settle this on the track. And Ray and Dom just start driving. They're doing their, their, little, their little deal. And... Uh, they're just like sniping at each other, you know, like throwing barbs. It's like your driving is as fake as your teardrop tattoo, Dom. He's like, I'm going to show you what I learned. In pre-. But it was just very odd. They're having this race. It was very clearly an advertisement for whatever big race might be the Daytona 500. I have no idea. I wasn't paying that much attention to what. They hey, were listen, he about. don't. You know more than I do. They the Daytona 500 guys. That's what it was. Yeah, clearly, clearly. clearly. And they they were just like they tried to have a scrap afterwards. So this is a very strange way to set up Rey Mysterio and and Dominic's match at at WrestleMania. Or but... it could be to set up a six man tag. So I'm actually excited that New Day could potentially be in Rey Mysterio's side because Rey Mysterio I thought you meet someone. The, <laughs> I thought you meant it was going to be the the Mysterios and the NASCAR people for a second. <laughs> no, this ain't MCW 98. No, <laughs> keep that NASCAR stuff. In in that segment, we don't want to see any more cars, no more spark plugging in, yeah. in this segment. No, I, I, I felt like, ooh, I, I for me felt like New Day was a great choice to have a Rey Mysterio's like backup, either that or, or Street Profits. But yeah, that, that was great. And I was thinking, because New Day is not doing much, it would be great to have Rey Mysterio have backup because mm-hmm. it's been a running joke. Ray Mysterio has no friends. He just gets beaten <laughs> up left, right, and center. So this guy's respected. If you know Ray Mysterio is a legend, everyone grew up looking up, you know, looking looking up to him. So it'd be great if someone, a team like New Day, who haven't had a a serious feud in a while, to be you know he is or backup for Ray Mysterio against Judgment Day. I'd like to see a six man tag between you know Dom. Uh, Bala, Priest, and uh, you know Woods. Kofi that could be so that could be Ray. something they could do at like Elimination Chamber or something. Yeah, Elimination Chamber. Nice, yeah. nice six man tag you know for Elimination Chamber. Elimination. Elim- I'm sorry, Elimination. Elimination Chamber would be great, but a part of me feel like Adam Pearce like let's do it on Raw. But yeah, Elimination. <laughs> that's for your eyes. Yeah, Elimination Chamber would be great. It's okay. I'm going to be reviewing Raw for the next couple of weeks. So like, yeah, load up Raw with some good matches. I need I need to see them. Um. Yeah, I want to ask you later was, how you feel about Raw. Yeah, <laughs> this was this was a really uh, strange segment, and it, like I don't care about it that much because I know what it is, and like I don't take the Mysterio feud that seriously personally because it's got Dominic in it, and he just went to prison and is kind of a comedy guy. But like, if you are trying to take this seriously at all, this would really kind of undermine this very it's serious not. this this serious performance of Rey Mysterio being like my son keeps beating me up, yeah. and I'm sick of it, <laughs> and I'm eventually gonna snap and have to beat my my son's ass. Beat his ass. You know, but like, <laughs> it's too late for dude, that. Dude, I think. dude, dude, look, look, you say this, this, they just try to make this feud serious. Then they would, they would have to eliminate the entire video package because it's like Thanksgiving. Ah, I get Christmas. that it's goofy. Ah. I feel like, yeah, it's goofy, but all the goofiness comes from Dominic's behavior. It wasn't Rey Mysterio being goofy back. Rey Mysterio's like, Dom, I, I'm sick of this. Stop. We're going to call the cops on you, Dom. Everything like that. Now it's like, eh, I'm gonna yell at my. I'm gonna make jokes about my son while we're well, in a they, race car fight. You can argue this is Ray taking steps 
to actually doing something about it's got it's gone from him apologizing about Dominic to actually him being yeah my son is a piece of crap so we're going in the right direction making fun of him is is, is to make him angry so Ray Ray is trying to antagonize Dominic so we're gonna get closer and closer to Ray actually wanting to put hands on his son so don't worry, we're getting there now you see his son as a piece of crap next next thing you're gonna yeah beat him up and then you don't have to call child services because he's of age we uh whipping. We, we've talked about this for far too long this was such a <laughs> Segment. Finn Balor looks great in his gear, right? <laughs> bucket hat versus bucket hat. Put Finn Balor against Jake Hager. Hat versus hat. I like that hat. I like my hat. I like my hat too. I like your hat too. I like your hat. Thank Wings you. world. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next match we had. <clears throat> the next match we had was the Brawling Brutes taking on the Viking Raiders. Uh, this match was like one of the colder matches on the show from a... Uh, from a fan perspective, like there wasn't that much to get into besides it just kind of being a, a pretty solid little match. You know, the Viking Raiders are a very fun team. Obviously, Butch is very, very good. Wait, hold up. It wasn't saying Devon Charlotte after that. No. Oh, did I skip that? I may have. Yeah, Sonya Deville faced Charlotte. It's good. Look at you keeping me on track. I, I scrolled down too far in my notes. Because I don't want it to be like, I can envision next week you saying, I'm sorry, guys, we we, we went past the Sonya and Charlotte Flair match because not much really happened, to be honest. So I don't blame you for doing that because not yeah. much really happened. I mean, yeah. My standards for the SmackDown women's division are so low at this point that uh, I saw this match and it was just like a title match that had been built up to for like a month. And I saw it and there was like a clean win and I was like, cool. Um, oh, oh, that's fine. Yeah. And then I watched a few clips of it back on Twitter and whatever. And I was like, ooh, this this really wasn't that good. Like Charlotte's uh, handstand flipping clothesline. And this was, again, quite poor. And maybe it's just a move that you you think, you know, maybe it looks cooler in, in, in your mind than it does in execution. You can eliminate that. But Charlotte won with the figure eight. I don't think there was that much to this match. I hope we can do away with this feud now. It was a fine little TV feud. It was, okay, but it's, it's weird, it's weird. Uh, Sonya Deville is a great uh, performer. She can convey the script well. Mm -hmm. She performs it really well. But the issue was, what have you done for me lately kind of thing. You can argue she's a delusional heel, lost. She doesn't want to think about her losing, so she's entitled. Her character's entitled. Sure. But like you said, they built this up. They didn't even do it at the Rumble. Understandable, because you don't want to have two dud matches at the Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> Too late for that. Right? But then the match does happen. It's kind of like... I do feel like them pivoting from Ronda Rousey left them in a conundrum. They didn't know how to fill it. And in their mind... Who's less liked than Charlotte at the moment? Sonya Deville, who is just a, an authority figure. So they're hoping that the fact that we don't like Sonya Deville would help us like Charlotte more. So I get that was the agenda. Mm -hmm. By the end of the day, like you said, Sonya put in some nice high knee from the second rope. It was a bit clunky in areas. It was just a match. It wasn't like a blood feud, considering how many weeks of interference. They at one point did have a pull-apart brawl, but it was quite laissez-faire, quite laxed when yeah. it came to the actual match, which kind of confused the situation. They should have been like, pull-apart, chuck through the barricade, a proper going for it. So, you, so we'd be like, yeah, this was worth the weeks and weeks and weeks of build. Because like you said, she tapped out and now, you yeah. know, what's next, guys? Like, Charlotte in this whole feud has just kind of been like, I beat you. Leave me alone now, please. Mm. They do the backstage thing. Charlotte, like, wins the backstage fight twice. 
And Sonya just keeps coming back and fighting her. And she's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just defending myself. Mm. Interrupts her her segment on Fox, whatever, with Ryan Satin. And is still just like, all right. And then goes to Adam Pierce. Is like, listen, just give her a title match. I'll beat her and, le- and she'll leave me alone. And then she just did it. Like, just beat her. And it didn't really take that much effort, it felt like. No. It's fine. Here's my thing. And I was yeah. thinking about this while you were talking. About the perception of a lot of women's wrestlers in WWE uh, from, like, a place-on-the-card kind mm. of standpoint. Mm-hmm. And this isn't so much an issue on Raw just because there's a lot more, like, high-end talent on Raw in the women's division. Yeah. But you look at something like this, and for a long time, not very many women have kind of broken through into the main event, like, title title holder no. like tier. Like, the only ones in recent years that have done it have more or less been Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. All right. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, it's people like Liv Morgan who get a month run, or longer than that, but like an undeserving champion type run, or Nikki A.S.H. who had a month run, and then that's it, and they don't hold the title again. So what that ends up doing for a lot of fans' perception of them is you have a feud like this, or just in general, the SmackDown Women's Division, where you have the champion, and then a bunch of people that you can't really take seriously as credible challengers. Yeah. And we've talked about this for a long time. Like, why didn't they heat up Shotzi prior to Survivor Series? Why didn't they heat up so uh, all the different people? Mm. But you have a situation like this where Charlotte needs, like, a, a TV feud for a while. Yeah. And I cannot wrap my head around Sonya Deville being someone who can potentially win the Women's Championship at this point. Should have been Raquel. My, in, my, in my mind, it should have, because Raquel had an inbuilt storyline. It, it didn't have to be convoluted. Mm-hmm. Raquel came close to winning the title, and then Charlotte swooped in and won it. You can start a feud based yeah. on that, and even take it to Elimination Chamber, because I can argue, argue, yeah, Raquel hasn't broken through in terms of she hasn't won a title yet, but she's a former tag team champion. Former NXT champion. At the former very NXT least. champion. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because, again, we've been conditioned to either forget your NXT accomplishments or, you know, Triple H definitely wants to uh, tap into it. But in terms of the main roster, Raquel, you know, Rodriguez, not Gonzalez. Rodriguez is a former tag team champion and she took she took uh, Ronda to her limits twice. So she, in my mind, was more credible at that time, at this time, than Sonya Deville, who hasn't done much of anything. And she lost to Charlotte already. So for me, I I, I love that they want to do more for Charlotte. They want to give her feuds or whatever. But it's kind of tone deaf when you're giving them women that you know. Because no matter, it's Charlotte Flair. She's going to win. Mm-hmm. But you want to create that perception that she could lose. Mm-hmm. And you can't do it with Sonya Deville because Sonya Deville's been portrayed as someone that doesn't get the job done. Yeah. So it should have been Raquel. Or Liv, even though Liv had a great performance at the Royal Rumble. But give, you know what, give give them someone that's credible. Yeah. Because at the moment, for example, most of the credible SmackDown women are now in the chamber. So now who's Charlotte left with again for another month? Yeah. It's really tough. And I'm not saying that they need to just like pass a title around so that everybody is a former champion and is yeah. a little m- more credible. Mm. But you can build credibility other ways than that. And there are so many people... It's like that kind of era where people got called up ahead of the Women's Royal Rumble. And mm. it was like the Liv Morgan, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Sarah Logan kind of era where they got called up just to be bodies on the roster and never progressed past that in their You're presentation right. yeah. for mm. a long, long time. Liv Morgan got there for a little bit. But otherwise, like they'll have stories and that sort of thing from time to time. 
but the story does not usually lead to them moving up the card or being made to look more credible. Like you had the Mandy Rose Sonya thing, which was a very solid story for what they were going for that year. Mm. But who comes out of these things looking like credible challengers? <laughs> I, was, I don't I, know. Somehow it's all Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if yeah, you think funny, about it, yeah. Funny that. She's a plucky young upstart every year. <laughs> it should be someone's moment. Nope. Charlotte wins. Yeah. So there's just my take on the whole SmackDown women's division again, but I, no. I think they could do a lot more to build people up, especially if it's people like Emma, like Tegan. Listen, put Emma and Dana back together, okay? Let, let's stop messing around. The, tag, the women's tag team division need more people together. Put Emma and Dana back together. They're great as a team. Make them mean girls again, because I miss that. Dana's better as a heel. If you watch NXT, you know Dana's a natural heel. And Emma, eh, she's a plank as a baby face. Make her a heel again. Put them back together, for goodness sake. That's what I got to say. And also, there's two women's match on the show. Improvement. That That is a big thumbs up. That's a big step up from where it was just a little while ago. Might have been why I enjoyed the SmackDown so much. Just mm -hmm. felt Variety. Like, it felt like there was variety. It felt like they accomplished some things on this show, which is very, very nice. So after that, we then, well, we had the backstage bloodline segment, and then we actually had the Brawling Brutes and the Viking Raiders. So this was a very fun match. As I said, Viking Raiders are a very good team. Ridge Holland's kind of coming along, but Butch is also very, very good. There was some fun stuff in this match for sure, but uh, one of the less interesting things on the show from a crowd perspective nothing on the line no storyline going into it really uh, other than of course Sheamus being tied to the, the Viking Raiders but Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes have kind of not been separate on SmackDown but they've mm -hmm. not been as closely tied as they have been in the past the Viking Raiders won this match they hit Pete Dunne with the uh, Ragnarok got the win and then afterwards they brawled with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus on the ramp in the entrance way I really hope that this leads to another Viking Rules match uh, elimination Chamber. Yeah, that, that works for me. I'm, I'm saying that because nowadays it's, it's weird. You'd think matches will lead to the PLE and then you'd be like, next week. Because yeah. even even like the Bloodline, um, the Usos match, kind of makes sense if... Because there's a lot of discrepancy. People are asking, can the Usos go to Canada? If they yeah. can go to Canada, then that's why probably the tag team title match is happening next week. But yeah, I was, I was writing down that the Brutes, they haven't had a significant victory in a while. Mm -hmm. So this victory... I would argue it doesn't really do much for the Viking Raiders because Viking Raiders have been on a tear. Uh, I feel like the, uh, the Brutes, they need to be reheated. There's potential. Like I said, Ridge the Fridge has come a long way. The stink of him breaking Biggie's neck is nearly gone. Uh, but they remind me of Heart Foundation as in Ridge could be the modern day Anvil and we know how great Pete Dunne is in the ring. Mm -hmm. so he's a technician and he can do many different styles. So if they can hone in as a tag team, they've got potential to be really good. But unfortunately, I also feel like they'll be one of those tag teams that they're the other babyface tag teams mm -hmm. and they'll never be the babyface tag team. I can see them winning the tag titles just as a surprise down the line, but I don't see them getting pushed to the level that you probably want them because there's more popular teams on, on, on the main roster. I don't disagree. They're, they're, right now, they're filling their role uh, very well, but it doesn't feel like there's anything building for them. No. But at the same time, it's you can't heat everybody up at the same time. Maybe after WrestleMania, you can start up some new stuff. Uh, you had Bray Wyatt just chilling backstage with Uncle Howdy. They're, I guess they're friends now. Uh, I don't know if they weren't before, but there was questions about it. But they seem to be on the same page now. Can they coexist? Now, um, I feel like... 
we 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 have to do what, what what we call it an epilogue to the weeks and weeks of talking about LA Knight and Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and then I have to be a man of my words because we said it here. We can't judge the storyline until the match has happened. So I'm not going to gloss over because this is my first time talking about post Royal Rumble everything that's happened. So pitchback match happened. I would argue that it wasn't bad, but I feel the crowd, the crowd didn't care, so it hurt the match. It was a nothing match. At so, best, it was nothing. Yes, and then we had our Uncle Howdy situation. Like the, the the glowing lights looked great. Bray looked great. LA Knight's gear looked great, but LA Knight didn't get enough offense, and he got some offense, but not enough. So it was a nothing match. It felt like a Royal SmackDown match, but the crowd didn't care. I would argue if the crowd was hot for the match, then you would feel a bit different, but it was very much like, hmm, what is this? Hmm, what's going on? Hmm, this is awkward. Hmm, that's done. Hmm, what is this? Uncle Howdy missed. Yeah, he missed. <laughs> yeah. None of people talked about it. He, it was a whiff. It was a whiff, yeah. So now, post-match, how do I feel about the storyline? One positive I'm going to say about the storyline, it put LA Knight on, on the spot for a lot of people that didn't know who he was. That's the one positive I'm going to give it. Overall, I'm confused. I don't know where we're going. We can argue, because I've been using uh, addiction as an analogy. We can argue that what we saw on Saturday was Bray Wyatt succumbing to the dark side. Uncle Howdy has won. He's reveling in what he is. He's been trying to resist for the longest time. But now that he's back from his layoff, he's now back in front of the crowd, getting that feeling, that pop, that addiction has been fed. You can argue that Bray Wyatt has stumbled. And I don't know what's going to happen next because I assume it'll be Uncle Howdy versus Bray at WrestleMania. But there's still Uncle Harper. There's still more characters we've yet to meet in this lore. This white six that's been teased. So who knows where we're going with, with this storyline. So I'm still in wait and see mode. That match was not great. I admit it. It was a nothing match. Uh, but for me, I always have positive memories of LA Knight shining every single week carrying this feud. I like LA Knight uh, a lot coming out of all of this. Uh, not necessarily for his sake, uh, <laughs> considering losing in five minutes and that piece of crap match you can argue he's a heel he's a heel yeah but i know he wasn't on this show no wait no 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 come on come on listen what happened to selling injuries that's that's fine that's fine i'm just saying that i i didn't want him to get hurt and written off tv in a crap match i know post-match angle but i can see if la i believe la is so talented he can spin this off to anything lawsuits being in a wheelchair you know selling that he can't do matches or whatever and a part of me i know you may not want this a part of me wants uh maximum male models to be his underlings because i've i can see that <laughs> to have heaters <laughs> just i know he's separated from them <laughs> and then they've never won a match he's not a good look but i, I feel like he's a kind of guy who look great just having an entourage of people just to browbeat and just to feed for him yeah uh all, all i gotta say is uh come back soon la night we miss you la night <laughs> needs to needs to get back on tv uh, as quick as possible bray wyatt not into it sorry that I, I gave the match a chance. And I mean, as soon as it started, that chance was not warranted anymore. But, but I uh, appreciate you giving it a chance. We, you, mm. we were going to see mm. as, a, as a full picture how yeah. this feud was. Yes. And I can now confidently say that this feud sucked. I was uh, not not a fan. The ma- okay, the match. But you're saying the whole, the whole journey. You, you, you I think know? it was poorly orchestrated, poorly paced, poorly set up, poorly paid off with some good promos from LA Knight spliced in between. You hear that? 
good promos from LA Knight. That's what we're going to get. That's a positive. That's a positive. Yeah, that's a positive. <laughs> yeah. So the last thing that we have to talk about on this show, because we have already talked about the main event segment, is this fatal four-way spot uh, for the, uh, I guess, last remaining spot in the Elimination Chamber match. Uh, there's another qualifying match on Raw, but that had been previously announced, whereas this one was kind of a spur of the moment more more thing. I don't know if it was announced before the show. I don't look at WWE.com. But we had Natalia, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi, and Zelina Vega in this match. There were some fun spots. Zelina Vega hit her uh, code red. Oh, I just like that move. It was a nice moonsault off the top rope. Good spot. I thought the finish was shaping up to be really, really cool, mm. where Shayna had uh, Zelina in the Kirafuda clutch. And she looked like she was just about to pass out. And then Natalia went for her discus lariat and Shayna ducked. She locked Natalia in the Kirafuda clutch, but Natalia threw her to the outside and then just locked in the sharpshooter. A bad sharpshooter. She crosses the legs the wrong way. Got to point that out every time. Locked Selena Vega in the sharpshooter and uh, got the win. So Natalia is going to be in the elimination chamber and... Michael Cole said that she was maybe the favorite to win because it's in Canada. The Canada agenda is the Canada agenda because the Hart family are beloved in Montreal. So you so, heard it here first. Sami Zayn is the favorite to beat Roman Reigns because he's a Canadian as well. The Canada agenda is the Canada agenda. Natalia is in there because she's a heart. She just come back from, you know, reconstruction, you know, re reconstructing her nose or whatever. And... It's good to give her a win once in a while. I know we had a discussion in the office how Natalia is in this elder statesman position, similar to Dove Ziggler, people that have been in the company for, you know, X amount of years. Even Miz is now in that position too, where they just put people over. But once in a while, it doesn't hurt for them to get signature victory to keep them relevant, or they're just going to be regular job with the stars. You need to give them some credibility once in a while. So, yeah, Zelina would have been great in it because she's, she's always been one of those wrestlers, despite being queen of the ring or winning the queen's ring, whatever the thing was called. Queen's crown. That's it, the queen's crown. She hasn't really reached or achieved the level that she should be at. I thought she, Shayna should have won this match. Shayna's but a I've been beating the push Shayna drum for like the last six months. But if you watch the WrestleTalk news, they may be doing something with Shayna. So watch it whenever it gets there or whatever. I don't know. It should be it? up by the time this podcast goes out. Watch the, watch the WrestleTalk news. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Natalia wins this. It's like, I, I don't really get it personally. I think uh, I get I, you just need some like easy eliminations, I guess, in the elimination chamber. She is among like a, she's a fine worker, you know, in a match that like the elimination chamber that has like a few more steps to it. And a lot of women will be competing in it for the first time. You can kind of go in there and just have someone who's a little bit more familiar and that that that's OK to, to do. But like. I don't, I don't ever think that Natalia is going to win a match. It's the same problem I have with much of the women's division, where it's like, I don't think that Natalia is ever a real contender when no. she's going up against somebody like a Charlotte Flair, like, you know, a Ronda Rousey, or just going into, uh, is she going to be in the main event of WrestleMania? No, she's not. I know that. That's fine. At oh, least I just would have liked the entire field to be filled out with, like, potential contenders. I know what you mean, but I could also argue as well with that. Um because Natalia's been here for a long time and also because there's more variety in women's wrestlers. She got left kind of behind in terms of the progression, in terms of being pushed. But uh, yeah, I want Oscar to win the Elimination Chamber. Yes, please. But at the same time, yeah, I realize putting the Elimination Chamber a month before WrestleMania is quite dangerous. I'm not saying that bad things have happened to wrestlers in that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It is a structure designed to hurt people. Even though nowadays it's safer, they've got mats and so and everything. 
But yeah, I just hope that all the women come out fine in that match. And also, Oscar for the win. Oscar versus Bianca. Oscar's redemption tour. Please give this woman a proper push in the main roster because they've she they, she's been given accolades she, on paper. She's had a great run, but <laughs> if you watched her in real life, she's never been the star of the story. Always the side character. Yeah. And that will do it for the SmackDown review here on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you are subscribed, of course. Hit the subscribe, ring the bell so you enable notifications to always on for all of our fine podcasts. We'll be back with the Raw review next week. That'll be me. I think it's going to be me and Luke again. Could be wrong, but uh, yeah, Pete is off this week. I think it's me and Luke. I could be wrong, but I'm definitely on it. So make sure to tune into the Raw podcast on Tuesday. Uh, make sure that you go and see Survival Series Episode 4, available now on Parts Fun Known. And make sure you go over to patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk and subscribe to the $10 and above tier so that you can see the full uncut version of that show. I think it might be the best episode of it we Ooh. have done yet. So make sure you do that. They're trying to name every single Elimination Chamber winner. Can you name every Elimination Chamber In winner? Reverse? In reverse chronological oh, order. Oh, man. Why'd you do that to people? Because it's, it's easier to edit that way. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the format. It's the format. Damn it. So make sure that you go over to Patreon, subscribe, see the full version. It's very fun. Make sure you check out Parts Fun Known Survival Series. And make sure that you check out the latest edition of Three Count, where Ollie and Luke predict Elimination Chamber and everything that will go on there in three words or less. It is a very fun time around here at the Russell Talking Podcast. Pa -ba -ba. Studios, offices, Russell Talk Podcast, uh, Russell Talk, eh, Parts Fun Known. So much happening. No rolls barred. Get on board. Subscribe. Get subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe to everything. Subscribe. 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 Set. Subscribe. Subscribe. Set. Until then, I've been Tempest. That has been Sadie Niangi with the House of the Black Mask. And we'll see you next time. Jam that gem gems. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.